Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Wednesday, June 15th, 2022. And our top story today, drug overdoses are increasing for our seniors. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Dr. Rhonda Randall is with the United Health Foundation. Rhonda, great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Thank you for having me. So this really blows my mind. And I know there is an opioid, a non-prescription opioid epidemic in the United States, but we really need to be careful with our seniors, those age 65 and older. What are some of the stats around this, what I would call an epidemic? Yeah, thank you for asking that question. We have been doing this report, uh, the America's Health Rankings Senior Report now for a decade, and it gives us a really good snapshot of the overall health of seniors in our nation and at a state level. We look at a lot of different measures of our health and we can talk about um, the comprehensiveness of the report, but particularly around drug deaths, we've seen a 17% increase in drug deaths among seniors just in the past year. So mm. more lives lost. And in fact, seniors are the fastest rising demographic where we're seeing drug deaths. We know this is happening across all age groups, but I think one of the take home messages is seniors are not exempt from what we're seeing. And in fact, the problem may be worse in some circumstances for seniors. And, and I wanna I follow that up by asking why? Why is this becoming an epidemic for seniors? Why is this such a, a big issue um, for them uh, to have overdoses and deaths? I mean, it just seems to me that caregivers would be looking out for the, the seniors to make sure they didn't take too much of a, of a particular prescription to ensure that they're doing what they should be doing. Yeah, well, first, I think seniors, you know, have some of the same challenges that we see across other age groups as far as access to opioid prescription, whether they're prescriptions or non-prescriptions that are leading to a lot of these drug overdoses. But in addition to that, although this report doesn't tell us cause and effect, we can see strong correlations. We know that as you age, you're more likely to have chronic conditions. You're more likely to have chronic conditions that have pain associated with it. So you may be prescribed opioid pain medications in your senior years at a higher rate just because of that prevalence of chronic conditions. We also know that with more chronic conditions comes a higher risk of behavioral health concerns. So um, there can be increased anxiety, increased depression, increased poor mental health associated with both medical and behavioral health conditions. And so we know that there's a, a very strong correlation between our physical health and our mental health. And we know that there's a strong correlation between the drug overdose phenomenon and some of the other disturbing majors we're seeing going in the wrong direction in this report around mental health in seniors. Let's talk a little bit about how you, if you're from the outside looking in, if you're a caregiver or a loved one, uh, you know, it's your mom, your dad, your aunt, your uncle, uh, your parent, um, how do you determine if someone has a problem with these types of medications? I mean, is it, is it forgetting an overdose? Cause I think that would probably be, very, you'd be aware of what that looks like, but how do you, how do you, uh, how are you aware that someone is having a problem with these types of medications? Yeah. You know, I think it just starts with, if you're, if you have a concern, uh, just recognize that it doesn't need to be up to you to figure out if it's a problem, right? That there's a lot of support. Um, a really good place to start with that is with your loved one's primary care physician. 
And hopefully they have one. And if not, getting them to establish care would be one of the next best steps. As a family physician and a geriatrician, one of the things that I um, did with every single one of my patients every year was to review all of their medications, prescription and non-prescription. So I had a good sense of what might be interacting with each other when one medication might be harming another chronic disease or putting someone at risk, um, as well as what you're concerned about with this question here. So that overall comprehensive medical review by a trusted primary care physician is a really good place to start for somebody who maybe you have a concern, there's not an impending crisis. Of course, if there's a crisis, that's a different path. Well, Rhonda, let me, let me ask you, before we go to a commercial break and talk about prevention, uh, is it the case that COVID could have had a dramatic impact to uh, people maybe not visiting the doctor, not following up on their prescriptions, and it's continuing to do them? I mean, I know that, that because of COVID, there was some interstate, there was some leniency in terms of interstate, interstate prescriptions. So some drugs could be prescribed interstate. I'm not sure that's the case with opioids. But, um, you know, is COVID a real leading factor uh, to maybe some of this, this epidemic? You know, one of the things that I do believe COVID was a factor was the increase in social isolation among seniors. You know, the risk of social isolation is something that we've measured in this report. It looks at the lack of meaningful social connectedness. So seniors who were never married, are widowed, divorced, separated, those who live alone, those who live in poverty, those who have a disability, and those who need assistance with their activities of daily living are at higher risk of being isolated than other seniors are. And we know that that risk of social isolation has a high risk of mortality associated with it for a variety of different reasons, not limited to, but including behavioral health um, and perhaps substance use disorders. Yeah, well, there's certainly a lot to consider Rhonda, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about prevention and identification. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN.
the Broadcast Retirement Network. Hopefully now you're interested in investing in stocks, which we at The Motley Fool believe is the single best way for folks like you and me to gain what could be truly life-changing wealth. That's why today we've got a special offer for new members. Since the service started, our average stock pick has returned over 600%, and that's over four times the return of the S&P 500. Don't regret not taking action right now. Just enter your email to get started. Welcome back. We're talking this morning to Dr. Rhonda Randall of the United Health Foundation. Rhonda, thanks so much for staying with us this morning. Thank you. This is a real important topic. And so I want to talk now in this second segment about prevention and, and resolution. Let's start with uh, if seniors themselves, how, you know, how, how can they prevent uh, being a part of this epidemic or God forbid, if they are subject to it, you know, addicted to some type, some of these medications to get themselves off. Yeah. So, you know, this this report is very comprehensive in nature because we recognize that health is very much defined holistically. So I'm glad you asked the question about what can we do as individuals? What can we do as communities? What can we do as policymakers? And then what can we do as a healthcare professionals? Because it's going to take all of those areas, um, all of those individuals focusing on efforts in order to improve this. It's similar to what we saw with um, smoking. It decreased significantly in our country among seniors over the 10 years that we looked at this report, and it wasn't due to just one thing. So, you know, if you're concerned maybe that um, there is a, a risk that you have um, issues with substance use or abuse, have a conversation with somebody that you care about. Ask, start with asking questions. Uh, and I think, you know, picking, picking up a concern for someone else and having your radar up around that can be important as well. In addition, that conversation with your primary care physician that we talked about earlier. Then from a policymaker standpoint, you know, there are some significant controls that are in place now around prescription opioids. Um, there's good guidance that really should be followed when, when they are prescribed, how long they're prescribed, how many are given in a prescription. Now, sometimes we do need short-term, right? We've you know, had, had a significant injury or a surgery and you need a few days um, worth of that prescription, but it's important that that's not over-prescribed for longer than what is needed and there's good follow-up associated with it. And also to recognize that this is a team-based approach um, and we've really kind of moved away from using the words addiction to using substance use and abuse um, because recognizing that this is a medical condition that needs appropriate attention. Yeah. And, and, and let's talk a little bit more about the on the policy end, because I know you, you mentioned and, I, and I've seen it myself. I mean, this is something that the U.S. Congress, the U.S. Senate, but also at the state and local level, people are very focused on creating tools, procedures, regulations, legislation around this. Yeah, you know, and in, in the senior community in particular, you know, let, let's assume that, you know, if this started as a prescription and maybe now, now no, it is no longer a prescription, what were the alternatives, uh, right? Are there non-opioid pathways and treatments um, to that pain? So, you know, things like 
I'm, a, I'm an osteopathic physician, so osteopathic manipulative medicine, chiropractic care, acupuncture, massage, other therapies can be very, very effective in avoiding the initial or ongoing opioid prescription in the first place. So I think that's an important thing for policymakers to take a look at as well, not just um, how do we um, control what's already happened, but how do we avoid um, the, pro the problem from getting worse in the future. Lastly, mental health has been at the forefront of a lot of national conversation, both with our youth and also, as you mentioned, with our seniors. Uh, how important is it to recognize and engage on mental health? So it's not just about, I, I know you mentioned it's a team approach, and I, I, I agree, but how, how do we focus on the mental health aspect so that people aren't, quote unquote, checking out and just, you know, maybe just popping a pill or taking a pill because they've got some emotional challenges. We all go through emotional challenges, whether we are 18, 50, or 65. I'm glad you asked that question. You know, one of the other concerning trends we saw in this year's report is over the last decade among seniors, the rates of poor mental health are up, so it's worse than it had been previously. These are seniors who are self-reporting on a telephonic survey that 14 or more days a month they feel that their own mental health is poor. Rates of depression among seniors are up 9% over the decade we've been measuring this report, and really sad, suicide rates have increased 13% between the year 2009 and 2020. So, you know, we're seeing um, anxiety, depression, self-reported rates of poor mental health, and then outcomes like suicide and drug overdoses mm -hmm. among seniors all go up in the last decade. Yeah, it's obviously very unfortunate. We all need to be aware. We need to be able to help each other deal with this very important issue. Dr. Rhonda Randall, thank you so much for joining us, and we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Thank you. Be well. That wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? Well, visit our website and, of course, our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRN AM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device. Are you being audited and do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Is the IRS threatening to take more of your money? Don't fight the IRS alone. The Tax Doctor is here to help you negotiate your tax bill and reduce your stress. The IRS can freeze your assets and seize your bank accounts, but you can stop these IRS actions. 
The tax doctor will work with you using our years of experience to represent your case to help you get the best resolution under the IRS guidelines. Help is here to deal with the IRS to reduce your stress. We've handled thousands of cases, so we know what we're doing. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, do not call the IRS alone. Call a tax doctor now for a tax emergency analysis. Call 800-224-6439.